You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Jay Young, Bob Huesler, and Joe DeSantis. An all-access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball. Well, welcome back to Open Court with Jay Young, your podcast place for Fairfield basketball, along with the coach. I'm Bob Eastler, joined by my broadcast partner, the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis. Also pleased to be joined today by Stags guard Jake Wojcik. Stags now 10-11, and 6-5 in the MAC. Games coming up this weekend, big games at Quinnipiac on Friday and then on Sunday at home against Iona. We will talk about those games and one that got away last time out against Ryder in just a moment. Also later in the podcast, we're going to get Jay's thoughts on the transfer portal, which is clearly altering the landscape of college basketball and a uh, very hot topic these days. But we'll kick things off with the open court challenge. Stacks trivia question. We'll give you the answer at the end of the podcast. Last player to score as many as 30 points in a game for Fairfield was Jake Wojcik. He put up 33 in a win over Manhattan in uh, March of 2021 who had the last 30-point game for the Stags before Jake did it. So before Jake Wojcik scored 33, two seasons back, who was the most recent player to score 30 or more in a game for Fairfield? Well, uh, Coach, before playing Ryder. I think uh, I got that one. Yeah, if you didn't, I'd be very disappointed. Yeah, I was thinking for a second, but I, I think I got that one. So there's, the, there's our hint. It is a player who played for Jay Young. And uh, Coach... You um, before playing Ryder on Saturday, you were on a great roll, four uh, straight wins, uh, your longest regular season MAC winning streak in in five years, and a five point lead with under 15 seconds to go in that game against Ryder uh, gets away. So when you look back at it, what for you were the most glaring issues, hopefully correctable, that came up during that last 15 second stretch? Yeah, I, I always look at, uh, you know, obviously time and score in that moment, but there's so many possessions before that. We didn't, you know, we gave them a baseline out-of-bounds play on because we didn't rebound the ball possession before that and missed a box out. So I always go back to they never get the baseline out-of-bounds play if we had just rebounded the play like we should have. Uh, we didn't cover the baseline out-of-bounds play the right way. We executed well to get the ball into Caleb, which we wanted to do. And, uh, you know, he missed the free throws. We got caught small out there, which was my fault. We should have subbed earlier. Uh, but we got him to miss. And, uh, you know, we just did not finish the possession like we did. And, and you know, the, the other part is the game wasn't over. You know, we went into overtime and didn't play well. So we could have won it a few times. And just disappointing, obviously, the way we finished the game. But, you know, I, you know, you got to look at those possessions because if you rebound the ball or if you make the free throw or or whatever, uh, you win the game. But there was like three or four possessions that we leading up to that that we could have controlled much easier too that we didn't. So, uh, you know, we got we got uh, a lot to improve on. We played well enough to win. We didn't win, and that's that's on uh, me. It's on us, and um, we got to get better in those situations. I've said this to you many times. I've said it to Joe. Uh, I don't envy the life of a coach. I imagine it was a, it was a restless night. Um, I'm sure you replayed that game in your mind over and over again that night. Um, you just talked about um, some of the things that you said. Eh, I wish I had that back. And specifically, the substitutions uh, late in that game. Uh, what are you referring to specifically? Well, we we you know when we got fouled, we were small out there because we had all free throw shooters out there and. Uh, honestly, I was expecting Caleb to make the free throw, and yeah. we were just going to switch everything with a smaller lineup. 
Um, Caleb's been an unbelievable free throw shooter for us and an unbelievably good clutch free throw shooter for us. So uh, if I had it back, I would have probably subbed one big guy in expecting him to miss. I wasn't honestly thinking he was going to miss. I thought we'd go up four or up three and we'd have a good, uh, you know, we call it a butter lineup where we, we switch everything. And that was the lineup we had in there. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they got two offensive rebounds. One was a perimeter, got kicked out to the perimeter. Um, you know, uh, so I wish we had it back. But that's what you look at when those games happen to you. You know, you probably don't even think about it if, if you know, if Caleb misses two free throws or you or you rebound the ball. But, you you know, as a coach, I think you got to go back over those moments uh, and just replay them. And what would you have done better? We also had to follow the waste. Um, I just got nervous when he got a full head of steam that he was going to get into the act of shooting. Um, and, and we didn't do it. So there's a lot of things that you replay when they don't go well that you want to, that you want back. And I think that's, that's true in those moments. And certainly, you know, um, I would have liked to have been a little bigger out there, um, you know, and had Chris on the floor. Uh, but, I, but I didn't. And, uh, like I said, I was really just kind of expecting Caleb to make that free throw and us to go up three and then have that and stay with the lineup that was out there because we could just switch stuff and and take away threes. That was a good, you know, we put that lineup in for that reason. But uh, he missed and, and they were able to get a rebound. So if he makes the first, you're going to stay small and just play the three-point shot? Yeah. Okay. Um, the other question I have, did, did you had two fouls to give. Um. A lot of people say, you know, you got a foul. You didn't want to do that. I, if you had one foul to give, would you? If you, if this whole scenario came again, would you foul? If you had one to give, if I had one to give, I would have fouled. You would yeah. have, yeah. Oh, and I'm going to cut you off, but I talk a lot about our broadcast. I don't like giving that last foul because what happens if someone's driving on Jake and the kid accidentally falls and he gets caught. Now he goes to the line. Yeah, I always think you got to save one, but forget that. I, I, I didn't. I was think once he got ahead of steam. Right. We have a call for foul. We don't yell foul. We have another call because I think refs will just call fouls even if you don't foul. So, no doubt. No doubt. So we have a foul call that we we yell out, and uh, I was close to calling it, and we had the two fouls. So that didn't really come into play. But he just had a head of steam on us, and I got nervous that he was going to get – he got down there quick, and uh, he, he got into the act of shooting. So I got nervous about calling it. And he missed. You know, we, uh, at the end of the day, we got him to miss. He missed the shot, and then they missed another one. You got to rebound those balls. Uh, and I know we were a little smaller out there, but we still we, – we had some plays we could have made. And, again, these are these are plays that are on me. We weren't as organized as we should have been on that last play. Um, yeah, but you got him to miss twice, and um – you, you can't call a play in the middle of timeout and tell you guys to block out. When you watched that play, first of all, you know, everyone talks about Powell making the shot. You kind of alluded to it. The fact that Dwight Murray got himself in a position to get a shot was huge. The big kid, Ogimuno uh, Johnson, right, yep. missed a wide-open layup. So when you saw the, the second shot, and without naming names, which I know you won't do, what did you see? Yeah, we just converged at the rim when he, we got there. We got sucked into the rim, uh, which we've talked about, you know, like, uh, you know, we just, as the ball was coming, we just did not, everybody just kind of turned and looked in that moment. Um, 
you know, we've, t- you know, I wish someone had batted the ball out or hit right, it because right. we got some hands on it, but it just, it didn't happen that way. So again, I, I, if when looking at the film, if I could have done it all over again, uh, there's probably some things I would have done. Uh, I don't know if those would have worked either, you know, you, but, but when you lose like that and you're always second guessing yourself as a coach, uh, you know, of, of what you could have done to help your guys a little more. So you saw that in the film that night with your staff alone at home the next day, what was the first thing you did? Did you, do you actually go over that situation? Like physically? We did today. Yeah, the same exact situation. But the problem is when we did today, we defended the out-of-bounds under twice <laughs> and did it the right way. You know, yeah. we just – we missed an assignment on that out-of-bounds. That's the play that really bothered me was yep. the three that we gave up with the five-point lead. You know, uh, we didn't – like I said, we did not block out. We had a good – we had an easy block out to make. We didn't make it. They get the ball. We blocked the shot. It goes out-of-bounds. Um, then they run the three-point and, – and we defended the action well – it was a broken play, and they just threw it to Johnson, who who handed it to Murray, and he made a very tough three on us. But we did just – like I wanted that play back because we didn't defend it the right way, and that caused – now it's a two-point game. Uh, and, you know, even if you give up the two there, they still got to make a three to beat you. So that – a lot of plays bothered me. I think the out-of-bounds situation bothered me more because I thought we had way more control over that, The you know – the flurry at the end, we had some control over the ball. You know, if it bounces the other way, we're we're, we're on to another subject in this podcast. But it's that's the way sports are, you know. And and uh, unfortunately, we yeah, it was a long night. Yeah, a lot of the literally the bounces were not going your way uh, late. It was T.J. Long who blocks that shot. If that block deflects some other way, or it stays in bounds and you grab it, game's over. Um, it took a several sequences for it to end up in Powell's hand, and then he had to literally beat the buzzer. So it was like, gee, Willikers. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong did. And, Jake, I wanted to bring you into this discussion. You are literally on the floor in the middle of all this. You just heard uh, what Coach Young had to say about this crazy sequence of uh, the last, uh, actually less than 15 seconds to go in that game. If you had a do-over <laughs> from a player's perspective and you could relive that whole sequence, what were the, some of the things that you would do or impart your teammates to do as you know one of the leaders on this team? Uh, I think you talk to any of the guys that were out on the court. I think it just comes down to even if there wasn't a five in the game, it doesn't matter. It comes down to us making a play to win, and we didn't come up with the ball. A defensive play to win. Yeah, a defensive yeah. play to win, and we didn't come up with the ball, and we lost. So. And, and there was always a tendency for people to look at the most glaring thing that goes wrong during that entire sequence, which would be the missed front end of the one-on-one by Caleb Fields. I just wanted to add something that a half hour after the game is over, I'm still in the arena, Joe's still in the arena, and, I, and our listeners should know that we look out there on the floor and there's Caleb Fields half an hour after the buzzer has sounded. He's back on the floor and he's shooting free throw after free throw after free throw. Uh, so a couple of questions regarding that. First, as you said, you implicitly trust Caleb in that kind of a situation. And what he did after that game and to go back out there and work on his free throw shooting, I think it's safe to assume he took this loss pretty hard, but also capable of turning the page, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I said to the guys, and this has been our thing, we got together – uh, we usually give them Monday off and then practice Tuesday. When we when I, I didn't want us to sit around uh, and have a pity party for 48 hours. So we got to be, 
back together on Monday. We gave him Tuesday off. We flipped our off days today just so we could get back in the gym. And I said, look, there's nothing we can do to get that game back. We all felt terrible. Well, let's get to work. And the best way to get it back is to get prepared for Quinnipiac. And and unfortunately, I've been a lot of part of some really bad losses that that was, you know, a loss that's going to hurt for a while. But you got to move on. That's what sports is. And you got to go to the turn the page and you got to get ready to beat Quinnipiac. No one's going to feel sorry for us. And the we can get it back. You know, we have nine games left and my plan is to win all nine of them. That's 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 what you do when you're tough. It's adversity. And we talk about it all the time. And here it is. And, and we'll see how we respond to it. Well, you know, it's funny. I um, So he's out there shooting, Bob and I. We didn't know whether to cry or give him a hug or give him a pep talk. I probably did the right thing and didn't say anything. It's not my place. But it goes back to what you just said about that out-of-bounds play. Your team missed a lot of free throws. And you did what you normally do. You got to the line. But you missed a lot of free throws. You never would have been in that position if you had made more free throws. You've been struggling from the line the last couple of games. Any comment on that or just something that happens? No, we're good. We're shooting, what are we, 72 from yep. the frail. Yep. So that's, you know, a good number. we got to step up and make them. We've, we had some guys miss them who, who normally, you know, Chris has had a bad two games for us shooting free throws. And, uh, you know, Supreme's been a little down. But we've had, you know, Caleb miss, misses, the obviously, the big front end in the game. He missed uh, one earlier in the game. Jalen missed one. And, you know, it's it's just we got to make them. You know, we got good free throw shooters, and I'm not even going to – we don't even talk about it. We, we've got good free throw shooters and guys who have made clutch free throws. We've been – we've won a lot of close games. Uh, you know, obviously everybody's got to talk about this one, but the, we've won, won a lot of close games because we've made free throws too. And, uh, you know, we've – I have confidence in these guys and Woj and Caleb and all of our guys to step up, and unfortunately that happens. You know, Caleb's been, like I said, a great free throw shooter for us and a very clutch free throw shooter for And he just – you know, he's – I said to him, at some point you're going to miss, man, and and that's the reality of this thing. You're not going to make every one of those, and you've made a, a bunch for us, and you just happen to miss. So, you know, uh, but we've got good free throw shooters, and we got to continue to get in the gym and work on it. But but I'm confident when that moment comes again, we're going to step up and make free throws. That actually uh, does allow an opening here uh, to ask Jake about what was for me, and I know for Joe and for the fans who were there to watch it. Um, one of the most extraordinary things you'll ever see is that Jake, you with one tenth of a second to go this season, had to hit two free throws, and uh, you had to hit them in order to get that game into overtime, and you did it. I can't think of a more pressure-filled situation than that. But you hit them calmly, and you've done it before in your career. Just explain to us what the mindset is in that particular situation. How do you manage to? maintain that laser focus with the pressure as 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 intense as it was well for me it's kind of just kind of letting the focus kind of go a little bit and just not even think about it not even think about anything and then just get up there go through the routine as i say as i always do not worried about anything and then just knock them down that's really it you did Uh, unfortunately that was two overtime games now for the stags this season and niagara was one of them and uh, now Ryder and uh, both losses. But before uh, the Ryder game, Coach, you know, you've won four of your last five games. So that needs to be pointed out as well. It's not as if you're in a slump. You have a, you, you have a tough loss you're looking to bounce back from. But you were doing some things during that four-game winning streak, including a great win on the road against Siena. 
that you can build on. So what we're, as we flip it from, you know, the, the tough aspect of that loss against Ryder to what you've been doing well up until that Ryder game, uh, what were those things and what do you need to improve upon or build upon as far as uh, those positives coming out of the four straight wins? Well, we we defended at a pretty good level all those wins, you know, and, um, you know, uh, you guys have heard me say this. We, we held opponents down to a point per possession and we won all four. Uh, the other night, if we had defended that out-of-bounds play and, and obviously it wouldn't have come to the last play of the game, we would have been right at a point per possession and would, that would have been only the second game of the year that we would have won with being over a point, a point or over. So we have we've defended. We've defended. Uh, did what we had to do on that end and, and found just enough offense to win those games, make enough plays down the stretch. Uh, again, all those – I thought our execution in, in those wins were pretty good down the stretch. With, you know, we executed big sideline out of bounds play against Siena to make a three. Uh, we came uh, out of a big play, out of a timeout uh, at Mount St. Mary's and got a basket So in big moments. So I thought our execution – and made free throws in those moments. So uh, leading up to that, I thought we were pretty good. And again, we've done we we kind of did just enough to win those games. Um, our offense has to be more consistent; it has to improve for sure to bail our defense out. Uh, when we when we weren't great, we weren't great in the second half the other night. Um, but you know we're 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 right there, obviously, with the rest of the league. I, you know, if uh, Siena's obviously in first place, and we just beat them on their own uh, floor, you know, about ten days ago, whatever it is now. So. Um, you know, I feel that this team, if we can find a little more offense and play a little better and clean up some stuff, we can be right there. So we have to note that the four-game win streak, three of those games are on the road. So you've been, you know, so competitive, um, and you're right there. I think that's what we're getting to. And I'm going to ask you this again because I think I asked you to. I asked you before. The one thing you you, you want to go you go to sleep tonight. Or you go to sleep before the game on Friday. You well, one thing you want to see for your next game, the one thing that you have to get better at? The one thing, just one. <laughs> what, what are you dreaming at? What do you dream? What do you What do you want? Uh, how many did Woj have against Manhattan? <laughs> 33. <laughs> what do you think, 30, Woj? 33 from Woj. No, realistically, do you, do you want to see one or two more threes go in? Yeah, obviously, you know, that's – I mean, that that jumps out at you that, that you know, our offensive struggle. We, we, we make so few field goals. We put our – I just I know you guys because I I always go back to to just how we stop and people how we hold in teams under a point per possession we're gonna win if that happens uh, that's the formula that's the formula so we, you want a big stop at the end of the game I just you want to uh, stop in a layup yeah you want to stop in a three <laughs> I don't I just want to stop and, and hopefully we're up one get on but the you've bus gotten and, better with that mm-hmm. I you know yeah, from we, the naked we, eye to us we've yeah no we've had some really good defensive possessions obviously uh, to help us during the streak you don't. You don't win those games, and our offense hasn't been pretty for sure. So you don't win those games. I mean, we were down, what was it twenty nineteen to two or twenty one to two, whatever it was. It came back and won that game against on Siena's home floor. So it was about our defense. I I, I just think I, I say this all the time. We're at about seventy five percent. I think where we are defensively and about fifty percent offensively. Like with there's so much more room for growth on either either end of the ball these last nine games of the season. You know. Jake, uh, how much of that do you take upon your own shoulders? Um, this is your final season, and um, I've been around this program for a long time and have spoken to a lot of players who are in this spot, their final season, and there seems to be this like internal alarm clock that goes off and, and says, okay, you know, 
this is it, the home stretch. Uh, I don't want to have to have any regrets looking back. So how, how do you approach it from a personal standpoint, what you want to do for this team over this uh, last month and then hopefully deep into March? Uh, just try and uh, be there for the guys as much as I can and uh, give as much energy uh, every day in practice, um, day in and day out. Um, I would say, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just come in every day, work, get better, give guys confidence, and, and just keep winning. And that's all we got to do. So I, I think I asked you this after one of the games, but uh, I'm going to kind of sort of ask you it again. So Fields goes down for two games. you got to be the point guard. What? What's a per, what's a dream game for you that you play mostly point? You play mostly two. You, you have fifteen points, ten assists. What 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 do you you say you want to help the guys? But give me the best case scenario in terms of what position you want to play and what you do want, want to do on the court, both ends. Um, to to be honest, that's up to coach. Uh, whatever position he wants to put me in, uh, either the one or the two, um, I'm able to play both positions and um. I'm willing to do whatever it is to help us win. Are you more comfortable as a scoring guard or as a passing guard? Uh, I've been a passing guard my whole life coming up, but uh, I've changed into a scoring guard since I got to Fairfield, so I would say I'm more of a scoring guard now here. I was going to ask uh, Coach Young this question, but I think I'll ask you, Jake. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, again, I hate to keep going back to the Ryder loss, but you guys were on that great roll, four straight wins, and then a little bit of, you know, not a little bit. Of, it was a real gut punch, mm -hmm. that, that loss. You're one of the leaders on this team. How do you bounce back emotionally from a loss like that? How do you guys stay positive? And what role do you, as one of the leaders on this team, play in keeping the group positive going forward this weekend against Quinnipiac and Iona? Um, well, after the game, just kind of got to dwell on it a little bit, think about it, obviously. Um, we came in the next morning, as Coach said earlier, uh, watch film, uh, see how we could possibly get better, and and won the game. Um, as far as me personally, I just uh, try and talk to the guys, see where their headspace is at, make sure everybody's um, on the same page and, and ready to go out and beat Quinnipiac. As someone who has been around uh, college basketball for a while now, uh, how do you categorize the group personality of this particular Fairfield team? I think it's a very connected group. Uh, we hang outside of of basketball. I mean, you know, guys are in the uh, locker room playing uh, PS5 sometimes. So it, it's a good group of guys. And uh, as far as last year's group and this year's group, it's different in a sense, but it's also still connected as the same way. How is it different? Uh, just for me personally, it's the older guys. Like, uh, well, Jesus is obviously uh, around a little bit. Taj is gone, so I miss Taj a little bit. Miss Caleb a little bit. Miss uh, Chef, he was my roommate, actually. So for me personally, it's just a different look of guys. And um, that's just it, what it is. What about the, uh, the determination, do you sense, from this group? Uh, to you know, to get to that Saturday night in the championship game and and hopefully win that game. Uh, do you do you feel uh, that 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 purpose and determination? Uh, you know, f again from a collective standpoint, I know you do personally, but what about the group? Yeah, hundred percent. Everybody's all in. Everybody wants the same thing. We want to go to the NCAA tournament, and that's where we're locked in on. And and how we do that is beat C or beat Quinnipiac on on Friday. Uh, you are, uh, these are belated, this is a belated congratulatory uh, note to you, but you passed a thousand points for your career uh, several games back. Uh, 
this is probably the kind of thing that when some years or decades have passed, you'll look back and you'll be pretty damn darn proud of it. But uh, if you could share with us uh, what it means to you right now to be, uh, you know, that, that's a pretty nice milestone, a thousand plus points in a college career. What does it mean to you right now? Yeah, I, right now I feel like it doesn't really mean as much as it will in a few years, like you said. Um, my dad's telling me all the time it's a great accomplishment, it's a great accomplishment when it happened. Um, obviously, I think it's great something that I achieved, um, did, but that's not really my goal this year. The goal this year was get to the NCAA tournament, so that's kind of where my head's at right now yeah yeah the ring is obviously uh, yeah. that, that's what you want to be uh, looking at along with of course uh, the individual uh, milestones you just mentioned your dad uh, he was a, was a coach long time coach uh, Dave Bochick and um, your uncle is a former uh, player former stag rival when mm-hmm. uh, he played with the, the admiral down at Navy uh, Doug Wojcik was it almost predestined when you look at it, that you would be a basketball player considering uh, the genes in, in your family? Uh, yeah, growing up, my dad never really uh, pushed basketball on me. He never really kind of, like, he kind of just let me decide. So as I was just growing up, I just fell in love with it. I was around it all the time. So, yeah, it wasn't out of it all. Do you see yourself perhaps as, you know, your uncle and your dad, coaches? Is that in? Is that maybe in your future? Yeah, I, I think it's in... I think it's in the blood as as well as my grandpa as well. So, I mean, I feel like, yeah, eventually when time passes, uh, yeah, I'll definitely get into coaching probably. Your grandfather, I'll let Jay talk about uh, your grandfather because you had a great relationship with him. Yeah, uh, Jake's grandfather, Joe Boylan, was the best, the great man, and uh, longtime coach, athletic director at Loyola, got to be very close with him. He was our uh, play-by-play guy at Rutgers, I mean our color guy at Rutgers, and, uh, you know, if, if anybody, uh, I've never met one person in my life who's ever said a bad thing about Joe Boylan and a great individual and great man. What do you think about, uh, Jake's, uh, potential as a uh, future coach, Jay? <laughs> I think it's great. Just not on my staff. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll just got a good basketball mind. Obviously he's, uh, he's comes from a really good family of, of coaches. And I think that would be an, uh, um, you know, a, a natural kind of progression for him after he gets done playing. And um, not to put you in an embarrassing situation because he's right in front of you, but his value to this team and this program beyond the obvious, you know, you want him to score, you want him to knock down shots, but beyond that, how would you categorize yeah, Jake it? Jake came to us in a time that was c- kind of crazy that, you know, he's transferred from Richmond and obviously his, uh, you know, his grandfather and I were close and, and uh, you know, he believed in Fairfield, believed in our program. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a, a turbulent couple of years because of the time that he transferred. I mean, you, you transfer from Richmond and the next thing you know, a pandemic. Well, it was during the pandemic and, you know, that, that whole year was just so crazy for us. And then he was ineligible um, for... I don't know seven seven games was seven some seven games and becomes yeah. eligible and you know then we lost uh, his grandfather right after the, s- the season that year so it's been a roller coaster of a ride but uh, you know he believed in Fairfield believed in us and uh, and uh, we've loved having him. Your um, your decision to come to Fairfield now, Jake. You look back at it and the growth that you've experienced while here. 
right decision? Do you like everything that has happened to you since you made that move from Richmond to Fairfield? Yeah, 100%. Everything. Um, the people that I got to meet uh, at the time being here and the coaching staff, everybody is just great people. It's a great spot to be. I want to uh, shift gears quickly because we're uh, we're getting down the home stretch here of the podcast. I mentioned it earlier. I teased the idea of uh, let's talk quickly about the uh, the transfer portal. It's something that you watch ba- college basketball games, and even Joe and I on the air have talked about how radically it has affected the game. And it's just coincidental. You're playing Iona this weekend. Uh, it was Rick Pitino I read uh, in a piece published in LowHud.com where uh, he addressed it. He said, we're really injured. We're really shorthanded. We're really banged up. I told my staff I made a mistake because as I watch Siena with like 10 upperclassmen, I have five freshmen. One became ineligible. He says, that was a mistake. He said, I was building for the future. You can't build for the future anymore. It's free agency. It's the portal. You've got to have juniors and seniors. He said there will be no more freshmen recruiting except for maybe one a year. So that's his take. There are a lot of takes out there. Obviously, his his voice will carry. <laughs> what about your voice? What are your opinion? What's your opinion on this whole situation? Yeah, I've been asked a lot about the portal and the portal for Fairfield is we're going to be very selective with it. We're going to help fill in some spots that can help our team win. But this is not a a place. Um, where I think that you're going to build your program through significant number of transfers. That that the, we're still going to try and do it with freshmen and get them better and develop them, um, and and retain them. Um, I still think that's the formula for Fairfield. Every program's different. Every school's different. Every and and there's different ways to win. But for us, you know, we've we've had good transfers here. Guys like Woj who have helped us, and they've been good people, good students. So uh, we will certainly take a look at it. We'll certainly uh, be involved with it, but. Uh, we're never going to be a place that goes all portal, and uh, I just don't see that here. Got it. Okay. Um, the game's coming up this weekend. This could be the most pivotal moment of the season for you. Obviously, nine games to go. The next game is always the most important game. But you look at these two games, uh, a state rival, a rival period, Quinnipiac on the road, uh, followed by uh, – Iona, a game that's been sold out now for weeks here at the Mahoney Arena. So this is a big weekend for Stags basketball. Let's not – you can address Iona, but I know your mind right now is on Quinnipiac. So your thoughts uh, preparation-wise, what are the points of emphasis getting ready for the Bobcats? Yeah, I think they're, you know, really good offensive team with strong guard play. in their front court, they went into the transfer portal and took a junior college kid and, uh, and uh, transfer from Columbia who really helped them. Very solid – uh, really impressed with how hard they play. Um, but they kind of go as their guards go. Uh, and Belonk had a big night last night. Jones had a big night. So we're going to have to do a good job of stopping their guards. Uh, they run good stuff offensively. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to score some baskets. We're going to have to score some baskets because they're a good offensive team. It's going to be tough to go on the road. And, and, you know, I think they're averaging about 75 at home. Um, and, and, you know, get that game in the 50s like we probably want to play it. That's going to be difficult to do. So we're going to have to defend, obviously, a much better job of rebounding the basketball. We're going to have to score some baskets. Jake, your thoughts on that Quinnipiac matchup? Uh, We're ready to go. Mm -hmm. Have you looked at a film and anything uh, specific to your role in that game that you're already um, trying to zone in on? Yeah, defense first and make shots second. That's it. (laughs) 
Coach, um, can you quantify like the um, the rival with Quinnipiac? Like, do you, do you feel do you feel like extra juice going into that game, or because I know you feel like again, we don't want to look ahead, but Sunday's game with Iona is going to be off the charts exciting, and that would be a huge, huge win. Where do you think the rivalry is at right now with Quinnipiac? Yeah, I told the guys we we haven't made it much of a rivalry since I've been here anyway, and and that's our responsibility. I think we're one in five since I've been here with them, and uh, you know lost a couple tough ones, but uh, you know it's not a rivalry if you go one in five all the time. So they, they they're winning the rivalry or whatever you want to call it. So we've got to do a better job of of uh, winning some games and uh, making it more of a rivalry. You know, rivalries usually about geogra- geography and. And successive programs, and we've got to we've got to do a better job in in that in that aspect. Who has a better gymnasium? Who has a better ring? Oh, it's not even close. <laughs> it's not even close. Us, like, close. Yeah. Speaking of that, this is the low hanging fruit uh, question. It's not even a question, Jake. But how uh, how much are you looking forward to this game on Sunday? I mean, you've been here for quite a few years now. You've literally seen this new arena rise from the ground, and now it's you know it's the best facility. Forget the MAC in the state of Connecticut for college basketball. Now you've got this game that's been sold out for weeks coming up on Sunday. Um, you must be juiced for this one. Your teammates as well, right? Yeah, I know. We're always we're really excited about the game on Sunday, but the task at hand is we got to get through Quinnipiac first and then uh, worry about Sunday yes. next. Trust me, I'm not trying to uh, deflect the good, focus. Good job. <laughs> <Yeah. right laughs> but we won't yeah, talk I to you. hit him over the head with his <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I had to get that out there because we won't talk to you until long after, again, for the podcast until after hopefully you've uh, beaten both of these teams uh, this weekend. Um, time to answer that uh, open court challenge. Uh, the question was uh, related to Jake Wojcik in a way. He was the last player for Fairfield to score 30 or more in a game. And we asked you who was the uh, Fairfield stag before Jake to score 30 in a game. A former Jay Young player. Jay, provide us with the you answer, want, please. You take no, I'll leave it. It's all yours, buddy. Well, at first I was I was like, I, but then Landon had yeah. the 10 threes down in, uh, against Texas A&M. That's so. Right. I, that is the answer. Landon Taliaferro, uh, he scored 34 uh, down in Orlando as part of that uh, Orlando. Ten threes. Ten threes. So uh, he scored 34. December 1st, 2019 was the date against a, uh, a pretty good program, Texas A&M. They still, they still haven't figured out how did he get loose for ten threes, which to this day – Stands as uh, the Fairfield record. You going to make a run at that record, Jake? What do you think? Ten uh, threes in the game before all is said and done? How about 11? Yep, got nine more games to try, so. <laughs> Best of luck getting there. Uh, Joe, any final words? No, good, good. Uh, are you going to make an appearance at, uh, what are they calling Quinnipiac's gym these days anyway? <laughs> Who cares? Are you going to make an appearance? I will be there. Absolutely. Uh, watch that place. Uh, my kids, uh, that used to be a rock quarry. And I, I lived in Hanover for years, and that was a rock quarry. My kids used to play up there. If you had told me back then in the 80s and 90s that an arena, a campus, no would grow on that spot, I'd look at you like you had uh, three eyes. Jake, uh, really um, enjoyed uh, having you here today. And uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to you quite a few more times post-game, after games on the air. But this may be it for the podcast. Maybe not. We'll see. But uh, you're welcome back here anytime. It's been a pleasure having you along with us uh, here today. Thanks for giving us the time. Thank you. That'll do it for this edition of Open Court with Jay Young. Next up, 
For the Stags, well, we talked about it, the 35-mile trip to Hamden to play Quinnipiac on Friday and the big one on Sunday afternoon at Mahoney Arena to play Iona. That game, as we've mentioned several times, is sold out. So unless uh, you know Joe DeSantis, uh, you may be out of luck for that one. Lose Joe's number, right, Joe? Absolutely. (laughs) And then the next home game after Iona, that's Mount St. Mary's on February 12th, Super Bowl Sunday. So uh, some hoops uh, in the afternoon on Super Bowl Sunday, and then you can go watch the Eagles and the Chiefs at night. And then our next podcast drops shortly after that game against Mount St. Mary's. So for Jay Young and for Jake Wojcik and for the Fairfield Hall of Famer Joe DeSantis and our great producer here, Ryan Moynihan, I'm Bob Huesler. Thanks for listening to Open Court. The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.